Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everyone to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Robinson, and this week we're going to be discussing collision with Gary Joe from the Honor the Elite Facebook page. Gary Joe, how are you doing today, man? As always, man, I am doing fantastic. Excited to talk about this an amazing show of collision. And before we go forward, you don't need to uh, you don't need to hear my advice on it, but I'm going to give these guys a follow right now. Wicked, thanks, man. And this this appears to be <laughs> your team for the collision review moving forward. We haven't heard from Parker for a while. Uh, hopefully, you're doing well, Parker, and everything's okay. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into it, man. I just want to touch on Rampage. We don't necessarily review Rampage, which to be honest, might be an oversight because Rampage have been putting on some really good shows in the past few weeks. So I might have to have a word with the bosses and see if that we can get a little bit more time for a Rampage review. However, the parking lot brawl between the Blackpool Combat Club and Best Friends, this was absolutely sensational and I hope as many eyes as possible. And if you're an AEW fan, please, please go back and watch it. Because if you watch the original parking lot brawl three years ago between Santana and Ortiz and the best friends, uh, you'll know that 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 match was stunning. And this was just as good for me. Gary, what did you see this match? And uh, if you did, what did you think of it? Honestly, I think it was a match of the year contender. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, you're getting the... The mix of, of course, John coming in there within like five seconds and already bleeding, and um, which is common for John, but I loved it for Trent as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're seeing a suplex on a guardrail supported from a car. I mean, good grief. And poor Sue, you know, hopefully she has insurance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Tony Khan will, will take good care of Sue and she'll have a brand new car because there wasn't a lot left of uh, of a minivan. You know, you know, it's funny, Dave. I actually, I was telling this to a few friends and they love the idea. And these are the people that are going to um, a certain show and the next hard to believe guys, 21 days. Um I said I would love to see, you know, Rocky Romero and the best friends, you know, maybe they can get one more additional person. And the BCC, you know, I think they have, well, you want to include Danielson. So let's say BCC gets a couple people as well. Yeah. I would love to see at Wembley since technically they're at a stadium. Let's get a stadium in Stampede, Tony. Like, TK, yeah. listen to Listen to this podcast and listen to our advice on this. A stadium stampede live in front of Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 plus people would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking as well, they've got Craven Cottage. So if there's any pre-recorded bits that they needed to do for a stadium stampede, um, they've got the facility there. They've got an empty stadium in Fulham's football or soccer stadium. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. Obviously, as well, we're hearing that Pac is injured. And the rumoured plan for Pac was to be taking the International 
title from Orange Cassidy, or that was a lot of people thought that they were probably going in that direction. So as Pac's now injured and presumably going to miss the show, that frees up Orange Cassidy to be in a multi-man match with the best friends. So yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad idea, Gary. I mean, sometimes you know you need to think of a curveball and TK when there has to be things change on a fly with an unfortunate injury. Bam, he's really on top of it. So yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was a bit on Rampage, and as I say, if you haven't checked it out, everyone, please go and go and watch that match. It's really good. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Trent Beretta. I'm hopeful that he'll get at least the TNT title reign at some point in AEW. Um, but on to Collision, and this week it was in Greenville, South Carolina. I weren't in the Justin Roberts, um, <laughs> but we we had a, a few matches set up for this previously, uh, and the opening match was one of those. It was FTR taking on the team of Big Bill and Brian Cage. Now, that team has come together off the back of of the uh, Blind Lottery tournament. Uh, It was a team that really kind of caught fire, and and a lot of people were high on their performances and their chemistry as a team. So I, for one, were glad that they stuck together and they won the the Battle Royal last week to get a title shot. Um, Gary, what was your thoughts on this match? Uh, Another solid outing from FTR. Um, we are you a fan of the team of Big Bill uh, and Brian Cage? And what were your thoughts on the opening match this week? So, yeah, another good solid match with FTR for sure. Um, I feel again, this is why they resigned, you know, with really, really good stuff like this. Um, as for Brian Cage and Big Bill being a team, and I hope TK does this very often where he just does these blind you know tag team things because quite frankly i think these two really mesh well together they were very dominant together brian cage dude you're almost 300 pounds and you're doing a flip over the top rope and connected it how was awesome, awesome was that yeah good for brian cage you know like the guy you know he does have potential and i'm you know and he showed it last night man um, yeah and I, I love the homage that he keeps, you know, presenting with Sting. You know, it, it's so cool to see. Yeah. Um, and Big Bill, dude, he's he actually did really, really well in that match. Um, if I could be honest, from a scale one to ten, my excitement level for this was probably a seven because I wasn't sure how, you know, Big Bill and Cage was gonna be against FTR. Um. But man, it just literally, this was probably a eight and a half out of 10 stars for me. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. And what I really love about Big Bill's running AEW so far is the fact that he's not just a big man. He gets to show his personality and his interactions with the crowd, his interaction with Cash's mom, which turned him a slap around <laughs> the face. And the way he sold that, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And you talk about Brian Cage paying homage to Sting. Uh, also, uh, somebody who pays homage to uh, a lot is his mentor, uh, Chris Canyon. And I think Chris Canyon was a very, very underrated wrestler. So I'm kind of glad that Brian Cage keeps his memory going. The only thing I would say, uh, Brian Cage does seem to uh, suffer. He seems to be the guy to take the pin more often than not. I understand that the mechanics of putting Big Bill in the shatter machine uh, probably wouldn't be, you know, it, it would be an easier thing to do it to Brian Cage. 
Um, he does eat a pinfall a bit too often. Um, would you like Brian Cage to to go on a bit of a winning streak, Gary? Or would you like him to to stay in this team with Big Bill? Well, um, I do agree with what you're saying, Dave, on the whole, uh, you know, he's taken the pinfalls a lot. Um, yeah. I, I do agree with that for sure. Um, now, would I want him to get a singles run or to be a tag team still with Big Bill? I don't think Brian Cage is meant to be, you know, on a solo run himself. I mean, that's why he's the, you know, six-man champion in ROH, too. So, yeah. Um, no, I, I think right now, keep it with Big Bill because, again, they meshed beautifully together. It was a chef kiss for me. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, they're a great team. And, and hopefully uh, they'll be back in the title picture soon. Maybe we get another kind of multi-tag team type style match to, to, and to see who's going to face the winners because, as I say, FTR won this match. But after that, they challenged the Young Bucks for all in, which is just... It's a match that uh, everybody wants to see. It's a rubber match, essentially, because it's both teams have won one match each. So, Gary, what are your thoughts on that match? Uh, is that a match that you want to see? I'm guessing it is. Nah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> they're, def they're definitely going to tick my bucks, for sure. Um, like... When I when I heard got this when I heard this get announced, I was just stoked as hell. Um, you know, I, I say that because when you see these two, and I was very fortunate to be a part of where I feel FTR was officially over with the crowd, and that was FTR versus Bucks Two in Boston. Yeah. Last April. That mind you, that was probably in front of I believe like eight thousand people, but this time we're gonna get over uh 80. You know, 85. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping so. I um, think it'll be a sellout, man. I think I think all the tickets will go by the time because we've got a number of matches announced now pretty much or, or set up for the for all in. Um, so as, as I was talking about Big Bill and, and uh, Brian Cage, there's plenty of opportunities for them off the, off the back of that. But who do you think will be the tag team champions after all in? I personally still hope it's FTR. Um, yeah. My biggest concern, though, I mean, it's not really a concern. My, my biggest uh, pause with the thought of that happening is, you know, it's no secret. I'm very happy. Um, the Bucks did resign for the next five years um, to stay. So I think where TK is going to look at them like, okay, here you go. You deserve it. This is your medal. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to do that to FTR again. Um, yeah. Because I think they are undoubtedly your best tag team in the division right now. And that's not taken away from anybody that's part of that tag division because I think they're really good. But I think the purpose of this match is everybody wants it. Everybody has been wanting it for quite some time now. And uh, again, TK is really listening to the feedback from the fans and this is what I love about him because yeah. he listens to us, <laughs> you yeah. know. So this well, this match, I'm excited for, man. Oh, man. yeah, and it's and it's pretty much a guarantee that that match is going to go ahead. The Young Bucks are taking on the Hardy Brothers next week. The Hardy Boys on Dynamite, so that again should be another great match. So I think the tag team division is ticking along quite nicely at the minute in AEW. Um, I, I think that will be an absolute show stealer when we get to All In. 
in terms of title matches, there was another one up next, TBS title time. And one of your personal favourites, Chris Stantlander, was defended her title against Mercedes Martinez. Now, I'm fast becoming a big Mercedes Martinez fan. I think she's a very, very talented wrestler. And I'm glad to be seeing more of her now on Collision. Um, Gary, uh, Chris retained with a roll-up at the end. Uh, but how did you see this match? Dude, Mercedes, Mar Mercedes Martinez. I applaud you there, miss, because that was a really good match as well. Um, you know, and and again, it just shows that putting the title on Stanlander was the best decision. Um, yeah. You know, because when you see a match like to this Excalibur, um, no pun intended, it's uh, definitely perfect. Um, you know, and I love the post-match angle and... Yeah, TK really, I think he has listened over the course of the week with the criticism um, of the women's division. I don't know about you, Dave, or anybody that follows this great podcast here on Hitting the Turnbuckle, um, that the shift in the women's division feels like it's changing. And, you know, this is perfect. You know, um, Diamante, if she's in a big-time position like this, I'm for it. Because... Okay. You know, she, she's been, she's another one during the pandemic. She carried the women's division. Um, you know, it's great to see her in a spotlight. Um, that team <laughs> of Martinez and Diamante could be gold. Um, so, and I like that Willow Nightingale still getting featured, um, you know, helping out Statlander. So, the match itself, though, like I said, dude, it, it was really, really good. I'm going to put it at an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, the match wasn't five minutes either. <laughs> yeah, they got plenty of time. Close to 15 minutes, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they, there was a move that I'd just like to talk about. Um, Mercedes Martinez was sat on the top rope facing out towards the fans. And she hit kind of a German suplex from a seated position on Statlander. And I just thought that was a crazy move. It was so good. Um, but as you say, it was the post-match that I liked even more. Because it wasn't just a match thrown on the card to uh, hit the quota for a women's match. It was a great match, probably match of the night. And, um, you know, technically and, and off the back of it as well, Diamante and Willow setting up... Uh, a, a future match essentially and a continuation of the story so I thought that was really good and I think you're right about uh, Tony Khan listening to the criticism in the women's division speaking of Tony's uh, Tony Storm was up next and she appeared to lose the plot backstage I thought this was really entertaining um, but what I wanted to mention and ask you about is she was alone there was no outcast with her does this spell the end of the outcast for you or do you, do you think um, that we're still going to see them as a team moving forward? I think it would be silly to split the outcast. You know, they're one of the biggest um, important pieces that you have to the women's division, even if you don't like Soraya or Ruby or Tony. Um, you know, and this was a perfect segue day. Well done, by the way. <laughs> I'm learning. Um, <laughs> it's just, it was perfect because you know, conclusion to one women's match. And then you have Tony coming out in there, progressing more things, what's going to happen with her, with the state of the women's division, what's next with her. Yeah. And again, I think TK really listened um, to that criticism. 
and perfectly, perfectly booked. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I do not see them splitting up. I would be shocked if they do that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on it because she was on her own. Um, so I was, I was a bit fearful that maybe um, after dropping the title, it might be going in a different direction. But I think you're right. I think um, the Outcasts have got plenty more. Uh, you know, there's plenty more juice in the tank in terms of a, a trio. Um, up next was Samoa Joe. Uh, I say it was a match. He beat Serpentico. <laughs> it was under 10 seconds and it was with the Coquina clutch. And I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. So glad that he's getting this run in AEW, particularly with how his last run went in the WWE. You know, this guy is, is an absolute star and he belongs at the top of the card. And it looks like he's going to be the top of the card at All In um, because following the match, he challenged CM Punk. Uh, he stated the roll-up is not good enough for their legacy, which I thought was a killer line. And seemingly we're going to get CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship title at All In. Gary, your thoughts on Samoa Joe and your thoughts on this potential huge match at All In? Like I said before, Samoa effing Joe. Like... This guy is just so, so good. When he was on the mic, of course, you know, I've seen him cut some really good promos. But this one, you know, to be quite forwarded, man, I was doing a watch along last night on Honor the Elite. And when Joe was doing his promo, dude, I seriously got chills. And when you, this is what I love about Joe. Um, you know, so the match, it's, that's possibly going to take place. I actually thought he was going to ask uh, Zack Sabre Jr., but Same. that's okay. Same. Um, but when you want history to, you know, repeat itself into a bigger um, stage, I think this is perfect. Um, I hope Joe wins, but that's probably not going to happen. But um, either way, either way, um, I'm just glad they're really, really getting things done with getting a card for All In. So, um, Samoa Joe, listen to this podcast, man, because you're on fire with that promo, man. Really, really good. Um, The promo rating, I'm not going to give the match a rating, unfortunately. Um, The promo, 10 out of 10 for me. 10 out of 10, and it's not very often the score things 10 out of 10, but I think it just absolutely did what it needed to do. It was perfect, and and that match is one that I hope gets confirmed next week. I hope, I'm sure CM Punk will respond, obviously, at a real-world title defence this week. So um, next week, I'm sure we'll hear from Punk in regards to that match, but that's, again, a potential show stealer. Uh, on with Collision, and next up was the House of Black. And they were being challenged for the trios titles by Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and a returning big shotty, Lee Johnson. Um, the house rule that they implemented was, was that Julia Hart was banned from ringside. And after her involvement last week in Buddy Matthews' match against Andrade, I thought that made a lot of sense too, that they would go with that. Um, this, you know, was again a good little trios match. Um, I don't think anybody expected the House of Black to lose, and they didn't. They they ultimately uh, picked up the win, and it was announced that they will be facing CM Punk and FTR next week on Collision, which is another sensational match and another one that I can't wait to see. But, Gary, what were your thoughts on this trios match and the announcement of the match that we're going to be seeing next week? 
So the match itself, I was telling this today before I came on here. Um, one thing I love what TK did here is, you know, the people that carry during the pandemic, like the Lee Johnson, um, you know, actually dreading in Dante Martin. Oh, sorry, Darius Martin. Yeah. Like those two as a tag team, I think they are really well together as well. Um, this match, I really, really was shocked by in a very positive light because um, I really did not see this match going almost 15 minutes. Um, but this is what I love about Collision, man. Like, you know, you're going to prove not only to, you know, the people that's booking you into this match, but you're going to prove to the crowd, like, hey, we have not seen Lee Johnson in a while. Oh, this is going to be a squash. Oh, this is going to be funny. Lee Johnson, dang, dude. I don't know where you're finding your stride, but, man, that was a really, really good match. Um, I believe it's her, Julia Hart, that is, and Lee Johnson. I think they're the ones that are married or engaged. Which okay, is kind I of didn't know that. Um, I think that's who it is. Somebody might have to correct us on that, but um, I know, I think it is. Okay. But anyway, um, I think that, I thought that was a pretty nice touch, but hey, um, really, really, really good showing from, you know, House of Black for sure. Um, match rating for me, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Um, as for the match, I got confirmed for next week. Oh my gosh, like, what more do you want? Like, I mean, that that is awesome. Well, that could have been an all-in or an all-out match itself, couldn't it? But we get these matches week in, week out, and the roster that AEW has, it just yeah. allows for it. Tony's always bringing in new stars as well and keeping things fresh. He's always rotating guys in after giving them time away to with their family. I think of Roosh as an example of that. You know, he's been allowed, he's been given additional leave because he's just become a dad or, or you know, his, his wife's given birth. So I, I think it's just such an exciting time to be an AEW fan. Oh, absolutely, man! Like th this is uh, this is why I like coming on to this uh, recap of Collision because this is what I really want to talk about more than anything. Um, th this show really executed beyond belief, man. Um, yeah. But wait till we talk about the main event, then uh, that's when I will have something to talk about. Um, cool. Well, but... be before we got to that, there was one more match, and it was Jay White up against Metalik. Uh, Ian Riccoboni on commentary, and this is one of the things that you get from Riccoboni. You get these little facts that <laughs> he, he just he's just an encyclopedia of wrestling knowledge. Uh, Jay White and Metalik were actually shared uh, a flat together, or they were they lived together in Japan, which again is an interesting little little tidbit that he threw out there during this match. Uh, obviously, Jay White wasn't in action last week. We had the cardboard cuss out. We had both the cardboard cutter and the real Jay White this week, and, and he beat Metalik, which probably wasn't a great shock. Uh, the guns were on commentary. I think this was a great match, and uh, it showcased the talent that Metalik is. Jay White has got a history of working with these guys in AEW. He's had a match with Commander as well, and I think um, I, I think it's a great thing because obviously his career in Japan, he, he's faced a lot of. Japanese style wrestlers as well, you know, and, and he seems to blend well with a variety of styles. He seems to get really good chemistry, with, to, particularly with like the luchadors. 
Um, I thought this was a fun little match before we got to the main event. What were your thoughts on this and on, on Jay White? I think the match was fun um, for what it was. I think sometimes you needed a little bit of fresh air from the excitement from this show. So um, I think that was the purpose of this. So people could just relax before the main event. Um, Dave, I'm just going to call it out right now. I would love to see Jay White be the one to take down Orange Cassidy for the international title. Um, Like, I just, man, this guy, I mean, I'm not saying you need a title to reward yourself for how great you are, but Jay White, man, um, I'm not going to lie. When I saw the cardboard cut out, I'm like, oh, man, he's not here again next week, but he was. Um, Yeah. And the guns on commentary, they're so fun to hear. Um, I thought they were funny, particularly when they said that line about Metallic being an 80s band and thinking <laughs> for whom the bell tolls. I thought that was that was a lot of fun. And and there's that element of levity in this. I know we, we've discussed about hoping that the guns were going to be a serious act with, with the Bullet Club, but I think they're the perfect act for the Bullet Club. I think those four together are, are a great unit and really entertaining. Uh, Juice as well. He's so, he's so, I don't know, charismatic. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Bullet Club Gold. You know what's funny, Dave? So when I was doing my watch along last night, um, somebody obviously joined in. His name is Stefan. And I like the line that he said. He's like, hey, WWE may be oozy, but in AEW, they're juicy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good touch. Yeah. Well, onto the onto the main event that we touched on earlier. So this was for what we we're being we're calling it now the real world championship for the time being, and that's CM Punk's title with the X spray painted across the E. Uh, CM Punk was up against Ricky Starks, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a special referee stroke enforcer. He was an additional official essentially on the outside of the ring. Uh, Again, given the history that Punk has got with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and given given who Ricky is and, you know, his whole career, he's never really cheated to win and he's he's done everything kind of, you know, the way it should be done. I think he was the right person to be in this position. Another shout out as well for, for JR on commentary. I think this, it made it feel like a, an even bigger deal, this match. It gave it that big match feel. Um, I think JR was great on commentary for this match. I really do. Um, I'm glad that he's doing better because obviously he had a bit of a nasty fall a few weeks ago, um, which is why we haven't seen much of him or heard much of him. Um, but he's he spoke about Punk and how Punk kind of brings eyes to the product, and he's just, you know, one of those one of those wrestlers that whether you like him or not, he's he he's a draw, and he probably likely always will be. Uh, Punk ended up picking the picking up the win here, and Ricky. The Dragon Steamboat counted the uh, made the fast made the count. Uh, Gary, what were your thoughts on this match and the post match angle? So I thought the match was, you know, wasn't too bad. Um, I really enjoyed it. Only criticism that well, not criticism, but the only negative that I have with the match is the pinfall to me was very flat. Yeah. Um, that that's the only thing I didn't like about the match. Um, personally, I I would have loved to see Ricky win here, and then we see Ricky Steamboat actually doing the assist. Um, 
but yeah, that that ending, unfortunately, I think they need to erase. But a lot of people are not talking about it. Yeah. Um, today, so I think that's a good thing. Um, I just I did not like that ending, but I like the post match. Um, you know, you need to get people to like. You need to give a lot, a lot of uh. You, you need to give a, a reason for people to believe that Ricky is actually a legitimate heel because he's yeah. so liked by so many, me yeah. and a few other people that I can think of. Um, so when you're, you know, doing what he did to, you know, Ricky Steamboat, yeah, he got showered with booze. And I'm curious to see what how Ricky will be being a heel going forward. Um, yeah. If he's still going to get the reactions or not. Um, but I will say this in, you know, AEW's bookings defense, <laughs> when it comes to changing Ricky into a heel now, when he was with Team Taz, I honestly thought Ricky did an amazing job as a heel. Um, so, I mean, people can say, well, he's just a modern day rock or whatever, because he has the look, he has the ability on the mic, you know, he he's this, he's that, well... That's just it. Ricky has the key elements of being a good heel. Um, so I have no doubt it's going to be good. Um, but my rating for the main event, unfortunately, I'm probably going to give it a 7 out of 10. And that's, I did not expect it to be that low. It was probably an 8 until that finish. Because, yeah. again, it looked very weird to me. So just to go over that finish, essentially the St- Stefan Smith was the appointed in-ring official. He got taken out and Ricky tried to pin punk with, the, with his feet on the rope. Um, Ricky Dragon Steamboat knocked his feet off the rope, wouldn't count it, and then punk rolled Ricky up. Ricky slid in, Ricky Steamboat slid in and made the count. It was a little bit clunky. There was a bit of a delay. What I would have rather seen is uh, Starks shouting at Steamboat from over the rope and then turns around and Punk hits him with a GTS and pins him one, two, three. I think that would have been better. But I suppose then, because of the post-match, Ricky Starks has got to get straight back up and start beating down Steamboat with the with the belt, was it? So I kind of understand why they did it. It just wasn't executed as well as they would have liked, I'm sure. But... Overall, I thought this was a great show. The one segment we haven't discussed, and it's just something I want to mention before I give you my overall rating for the show, is Christian Cage backstage with Luchasaurus with the TNT title (laughs) over his shoulder and his daughter standing uh, next to them. And she asked during the promo if she could touch or she could hold the title. And Christian (laughs) said that, only he can hold hold it. Only you you have to deserve it. You have to earn the title to be able to hold it. Or words to those effect. And he then shouted security to get his daughter out the building, as she didn't have the credentials. I thought this was really funny. I really like this story with Christian um, oh. being the TNT champion, although it's actually Luchasaurus. And every time he says it, I look at Luchasaurus to look for a reaction. And there's never any reaction, which is, I, I think that's even more impressive, to be honest, that he doesn't like give him an awkward look or, or anything. Obviously, it's part of the story. But I just think they are playing that story out perfectly. And I'm curious as to see where it goes. What were your thoughts on that 
particular backstage segment? And what was your rating of Collision overall, Gary? Well, that reaction of me laughing was pure. Um, yeah. Christian, my gosh, like what a savage. Like that son of a bee. Like I, yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, like it's just, man, like he, he can think of something on the fly too. And, and that's what I love about Christian. It's, it's kind of like Jericho. Jericho always has something. Yeah. Christian, you're the same way. Something about Canadian wrestlers. They're very creative with their image. Um, so, and obviously that's a big positive on their end. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, that segment was just, oh man. And we were not the only ones that were laughing. I can hear obviously the crowd in the background. Yeah. Um, with that segment, just a laugh hysterical too. Yeah. Um, you really know, entertaining and, stuff. Yeah. And you know, what's really cool, man. I'm sure you saw it already, but, um, Christian, that was actually his daughter the entire time when Hook was trying to run away from RVD on Wednesday. Um, oh, okay. Remember how I'm so used to call him Jungle Boy, but Jack Perry holding that kid so that yeah. way, you know, yeah, that was actually Christian's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, yeah. That's who I, I was like, that's cool. Um, but I'm going to let you do your rating first, man, and then I will go next. Okay, well, I, I think Collision, uh, as we were discussing before we hit record, I think it's doing such a good... It's really found its groove on a Saturday night. Um, it's great creatively. The pacing is absolutely perfect. Um, it, it's obvious who the top stars are and who um, the episodes are centred around. you got Punk, you've got FTR, you've got Bullet Club Gold, uh, you got Samoa Joe. You got Ricky Starks. These are the guys that kind of featured prominently. But there's others. We got House of Black. There's there's more. There's a lot more. But we, those are your top stars. And there's so many storylines coming off. It, there's not just it's, it's not kind of just a, on a rigid path creatively. There's different things they can do. It, it's going to keep it interesting. It's going to keep it entertaining. And I think on a whole, Collision's the best wrestling show on TV at the minute. I think this week I'm going to give it to Dynamite for the the show of the week, but it was Dynamite 200, so it was a, a it was a special show. Um, but I think consistently the best show on on TV is Collision, and, and this week I score it 8.5 out of 10. Uh, Gary, over to you for your assessment. William Hamlet, we need you on here, brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like let let me just say like. Wow, like uh, you said, all perfect points there, Dave. Um, you know, I always get excited when it's AEW week, is what I like to call it. Um, every single time when I'm watching a collision, I know what I'm expecting. Yeah, and that is a show that has really, really been helping out AEW drastically. Um, you know, there's Dude, when I wake up in the morning on Sunday, now that I'm doing this, uh, you know, recap here, I really want to talk about it because it's just that dang good. Um, you know, there's just so much storyline progression with the show. We're just talking about one with Statlander and Mercedes Martinez. That's continuing, and I think that's perfect. Um, I'm not really all keen and care about the ratings, but if we want to just bring that up for a second, ever since Collision drew 545,000 
a few weeks ago, they keep increasing, increasing in the ratings. Um, fast fact, Collision grew their demo audience by 49% last Saturday. That's amazing. Um, so, and then their rating was pretty close to 800,000. Um, I don't see that happening this week because of SummerSlam, but um, my point is the ratings are not something that, like I said, that I don't want to discuss, but just shows with their increase in the ratings over the last few weeks, it just shows people are invested with the show, I'm invested with it, Dave is, everybody. I, I just, I cannot get enough of it. Um, yeah. My show of the week, though, I, I do agree with you, bro. I'm gonna go with Dynamite as well. Like you said, maybe because it's the 200th edition, and then that that also had a great storyline that I loved with MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, the backstab, the backstab, we're gonna, we're gonna see Cole turn heel. Like I yeah, predicted. we 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 discussed <laughs> that on the Dynamite review. We we both clocked it. Yeah, the little <laughs> Easter egg. So. What, what a time to be an AEW fan, for sure. Um, this is why I always say, when you feel like if there's just no excitement in, you know, in any other promotion and you want to escape, go to actually flip your channel for a first-time viewer of AEW, I think this is where you should start it. And that would be every Saturday on Collision. Um, yeah, just... Oh man, what like Saturday nights are definitely a great night for a fight because I love it, man. I think one of the really key decisions that Tony Khan made when he launched Collision was mm -hmm. to not do a hard roster split because I still feel like we've got guys that feel like they're dynamite guys and there's guys that feel like Collision guys and girls. Um, but they do have the creative freedom to do whatever they like. They can continue stories. They can be involved in the tag matches with FTR. They can be involved with, you know, the elite. They can be involved with House of Black. The opportunities that they've got for creative-wise are, are endless. And if they would have had a hard split and, and kind of said, this is this roster and that's that roster, it would have really, they would have really tied a hand behind the back. So, and it would have been easy to do that, I think, particularly because of the situation or the rumoured situation with the elite and CM Punk still not being perfect. Um, it would have been easy for Tony to say, we're splitting this and we're having two rosters. I really think it was a masterstroke not doing that. What are your thoughts on that? Dude, that's a really, really good question here, Dave. Um, I keep saying, I think, me personally, doing not a roster split I think was a really good decision because you know you have the roster you know just you gotta make it work yeah and it's working a lot um, yeah and the whole thing with uh you know the elite and CM Punk and whatnot I just want to get this out of the way it's been just about we're almost like we're a month away from this being a year. I think people need to let it go. Yeah. Things happen, you know. It's are we really gonna just keep talking about this? Like that's well, not think... against you. That's not against no, you, no. bro, or anybody. Uh, it's just I, I look at it this way too. I will sit here and I would lie to myself and said, Well, I wasn't worried about the elite leaving, because I will be quite honest with you and everybody, 
that tunes into this amazing podcast. I I was worried about Kenny really leaving. I was worried about the Young Bucks, you know, joining Kenny Omega as well. And I really thought too, Adam Page, as he does, you know, have or still maybe doesn't have a CM Punk um, beef with him, you know. And then when I saw that they resigned, I was literally the happiest man in the world. It was a like Christmas morning. So my point is, I think everything is civil. I think everything's fine. Yeah. I think I think we're going to see very, very soon, we are going to see the Elite and CMFTR. Um, yeah. I think I think everybody made up, dude, personally. I think so. Um, my point was really with the roster split, prior to Punk coming back, it would have been easy for Tony to keep everyone separate, and he didn't do that. Yes. And, and from a creative-wise, it's actually harder to do what he's done when you've got the option of having guys on both shows. So it would have been a lazier approach or an easier approach to split everything up. The fact that he didn't, and it's been so successful, um, really hats off to him. Also, the fact that we're getting Young Bucks versus FTR says to Mm -hmm. me that there's been significant movement in that area, and we will get that six-man match at some point. Um, It might not happen at all out, um, but I think down the line... Uh, we're going to see that match. Uh, what was your overall rating for Collision, Gary, this week? So my overall rating is an 8 out of 10. It was a B, um, just strictly yeah. a B. So um, everything was just well executed on the show, except, like I said, that one little thing with the main event. But um, it just really, really good stuff. And um, one last thing I will say, dude, about what you're saying about the roster split or – well, not really roster split, but getting people on this show. I love that the fact that, you know, they're not doing new championships either. Um, I, I really, really glad that they're just sticking with their current champions, being on both shows. It just it's really, really good. But yeah, another good week for collision. Um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, lastly, just while you were talking about that, I thought about the acclaimed. We did see them backstage this week. Um, quite an emotional um, uh, segment, really, with Anthony Bowens, um, you know, sending a message out to Billy Gunn, saying that they're going to be carrying his boots to the ring with them for moving forward, and they'll be back in action next week. So another great team there that are going to be back in the tag team title picture, surely? I think so, because, man, there are... They are certainly one of the most over. Um, I'm going to make a prediction with that, actually. I think you need to hear 80,000 plus people say, scissor me, daddy, you know what? Um, yeah, we're going to say it, scissor me, daddy ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just because that's their thing. Um, I think Billy is going to definitely retire for sure. Um, but I think that's going to happen on all in. I I just I would be shocked. Um or I see the acclaimed really having a match at all in and then where there's gonna be a surprise with Billy. And then yeah. you're gonna hang eighty thousand plus people just sing that very famous anthem. Yeah, we've got to hear it, man. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Billy Gunn. Um but I I do think perhaps it is time for the acclaimed to to go back after the titles that you know, they, they drop the titles. Mm last year and and a lot of people said it's quite early in their 
rain to lose them. They were in a lot of momentum, but they can get that momentum back. They're still mega popular with the fans and they sell a lot of merchandise, which always helps as well. But <laughs> Gary, thanks for joining me this week. We're going to try a little tandem sign off first time. So bear with us, everyone watching, because there's a little bit of a time delay here, but we're going to go for it. This week, we would like to bid you adieu. And good night. Bang. Bang. <laughs>Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.